Welcome to More to Come, PW Comic World's weekly podcast on graphic novel and comics publishing, recorded at the PW offices in New York City. I'm Calvin Reed, Senior News Editor of Publishers Weekly and Co-Editor of PW Comics World. Check us out online at publishersweekly.com slash comics. And I'm Heidi McDonald. I am the Editor-in-Chief of The Beat at comicsbeat.com. You can find us on Twitter at at PWComicsWorld. And I'm Kate Fitzsimmons. I'm the podcast producer, and you can find us online on Tumblr at pwcomicsworld.tumblr.com. And don't forget, you can subscribe to More to Come on iTunes and on Facebook. We're at facebook.com slash pwcomicsworld. All right, this week on More to Come, New York Comic Con recap. <laughs> yes, we promise we're going to keep it to one episode, one epic We're trying. Episode. Yes, so that's it. Lots to talk about. It's a big show. Yes, so. And so, we were all there for once because it's in the show's hometown. It is, yeah. It is. So Kate gets to share the experience with us. Yes. Yeah. For once, I'm there and not reporting from afar. You yeah. have to share the exhaust and the fatigue. And <laughs> Do you enjoy New York Comic Con? Did you lows. enjoy this year's show, Kate? Well, uh, that's a complicated question. So I would say that I enjoyed the experience more this year because thanks to the wonders of Drusilla, our uh, friend of the show <laughs> and co-worker, it was not me alone organizing things and just having someone as backup who you can call and say hey Drusilla I got a problem just took a load off my shoulders she does that all day every day right here too so just yes. any time at all yeah. you just reach out and I call mean, I mean I was I was still running the booth don't get me wrong but to have someone to call was so helpful That's and so I, me. so I felt and I, I actively I actively made an effort this year to try to be less stressed out by New York Comic Con. To be like, you know, if I have to close the booth for 20 minutes, it's not the end of the world. It's okay. We'll all live. And uh, so in that way, I had a better year. But I was less happy with the programming and less happy with the vendors than usual. Uh, you know, it was fine. It was fine. Really? But what, I wasn't as happy. What was your problem with the programming? Well, my problem with the programming, well, I had a couple problems. One of the problems with the programming is that every panel I wanted to go to practically was in a different building. Ah! And since right. I was it's running, it's a large problem. Yeah. Because <laughs> if, you know, it just makes it very hard to get from one thing to another. And then, um, I don't know. I just, I wasn't inspired to go to any of the things in the same building with me. Like they're okay, literally one of them, one of them, and the rest, they all seem like either really boring because they weren't my thing, or really worthy, but not exciting. Like I know how you guys were talking about how, like there's a lot of diversity panels, and I felt like there were, but I felt like, like they weren't giving me enough new content. They weren't giving me things. Like, diversity, but what? Like, okay, we got a lot of diverse people in a room being diverse. Now what? <laughs> um, and so I was just like, you know, I, I know, I know. Can we get some new content here using 
diverse people and even discussing diversity can we mm-hmm. have can we advance to the next stage of well, the discussion you know it's funny you say that because i didn't go but apparently at the talk back there was a little bit of the the uh the talk back panel there was a little bit of that as well where they were just saying mm-hmm. like they wanted there was too many similar diversity panels and they were on at the same time and yeah you know listen i i mean i'm not the I, one to talk but i mean i don't i just like the term diversity panel first off because that's another kind of a pigeonhole so for I, me i i but I mean, I can see how if you want to discuss those issues, you need a panel to discuss it in. Absolutely. I get that. Absolutely. But I just wish that if you had topics about, you know, different groups that are underrepresented in comics, that you gave them more interesting things to talk about. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Well, uh, I mean, I did not get to uh, a number of these panels. I, I don't go to as many panels as uh, I used to in the past. I go and get interviews. I, I think one of the reasons why they have the panels is that they perceived a demand for them. And there uh, was. And, and there, there was. So, I, and once again, I, I, this isn't the first year they've had a fair number of diversity yes, panels. for the last couple of years. Yeah, absolutely. It's, it's been going on for a while. But, you know, they're not putting these panels on if people aren't asking absolutely. for them. No, 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 no. <laughs> and I'm not, I'm not saying they shouldn't have diversity panels or they shouldn't have this many diversity panels. I just wanted a wider Array you know, okay, of topics. But you know, some, something, Kate, you, you know, let's face it, all of us have our doctorates in comics, you know? Yeah, and I understand that. And I, I have no problem with those panels existing. Mm-hmm. I just, I, I didn't find panels that spoke to me. Well, except I, for the mega panels that I couldn't get to. Like what? What was one <laughs> of the ones you wanted to go to? I don't even have the program anymore but literally literally did it exist did i want to go to it it was in the hammerstein ballroom or madison square garden was i going to get to the the very last year of voltron no no i was not was i going do do i love voltron yes i do you know but and i understand that they're doing that and that i understand is a thing they're doing but i think but i but keep going um and then sometimes they weren't even using the space well that they had because a complaint of our wonderful staffer, booth staffer, Kristoff, was that, okay, so Netflix got a panel for one of their shows here. They got Dragon Prince, brand new show. But did they put it in, like, one of the big stages where they could fit <laughs> everyone? No, they put it in a tiny little room that filled up with only, like, a quarter of the line. Well, let's be honest. There's just not enough room at the Javits. And, uh, yeah. Yeah. And but you know, maybe I'm, when they open, they yes. rebuild that wing, then things that get better. That may help. I mean, I'm sure that's going to help to some extent. They have to, because, I mean, honestly, uh, you know, I talked to Mike Armstrong before the show. Mm-hmm. The new wing is not going to be open until 2021. Now, uh, it's funny how all these people can just blast up a skyscraper from nothing in, like, a year, <laughs> but a uh, new but, part of the Javits, uh, paid for by city funds, must take... Uh, that is three years away, and it's been underway for a year already, so four years. Yeah, well... But that's a very sturdy... City, <laughs> well, let's put it that. this way. City, anything involving the city has so many regulations that normal things do not, that uh, that's why it takes 30 years to get a new subway. Absolutely. And, you know, uh, just to to talk about what, what you're saying, though, uh, um, they really upped the entertainment content quality at this year's New York Comic Con. Mm-hmm. I mean, I remember there were times when uh, it was pretty thin. And this year, it's like you're saying, there were some really hot panels. They showed Hellboy footage that mm-hmm. did not go up on the internet. 
Um, you know, they had debuted. I think they debuted more trailers than they did at San Diego. I got to be. I think there was a lot of stuff few, I wanted to I, see, I, or so I heard. So I, many things. There were quite a few yeah. trailers. Yeah, and um, you know, I feel like uh, there's a couple things. I think San Diego is just so overexposed right now, and so the tension and the anxiety and the pressure on for San Diego is so high. You know, like one thing goes wrong in Hall H and your project is sunk. Whereas New York Comic Con, it's a lot more relaxed. So I think mm. a lot of like, uh, you know, studio streaming companies just went all in. But on... I also think I have a suspicion that it's probably easier and cheaper to get into New York Comic Con than it is to get into San Diego if you're a programmer. Well, it's not, I don't think there's cost for... Oh, oh, I see what you're saying for as far as hotels and all that stuff. I mean, as far as hotels, as far yeah. as storage, as far as transportation, mm -hmm. as far as, as anything. I because San Diego Comic-Con takes over San Diego to the point where people are importing freaking boats. Well, this That is, doesn't happen in New York. Right. Oh, and you know, true. one well. interesting thing that I realized about... You know, I wrote a piece on the beat that is called The Winners and Losers of New York Comic-Con. Mm -hmm. So I, I do have a lot of my thoughts there. But one that I did not put down is that, um, you know, I, I thought the party scene in New York is really coming into its own. And I mean, I, I don't like to judge it by rooftop parties, but it was unseasonably warm and I love rooftop parties. So, and there was a bunch of rooftop parties, but in San Diego, it's like this whole little sleepy town. Calvin, you've been there when Comic-Con mm -hmm. isn't on and it's like, you know. It's nothing, nothing going on. Right, nothing is going on. I mean, it's a nice town, so but. everybody's like licking their chops for when San Diego comes and they boost the prices of all the places, you know, to five figures and even six yes. figures whereas i gotta be honest in new york it's like huh new york comic-con well tell me another yeah. one it's like you want this rooftop same price now same price later same price unless it's new year's eve or something and so it's clearly new york doesn't really uh you know care too much because they shut the subway down yeah. <laughs> during the biggest event at javits and you know what it was fine you know it was fine uh but it but wasn't, it wasn't fine, fine it because the be traffic it. was awful and it was very difficult to get yes, to. Yes, it was. I mean... And, uh, and the cops were working double time trying to keep people from getting run over. Yeah. And had some difficulty yeah, with that. There was lines on the sidewalk. There were well, people lined up all the way from the subway stop to the... the, uh, the lines crossing were, the intersection there at... What's is that? 34th and... Um, and uh, 11th, yeah. I mean, the cops were doing everything to keep the people on the street mm -hmm. to the point where they were sending you down mid-block, almost to the West Side Highway to cross over. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It was ridiculous. I just jumped under the blue ribbon and ran across. Well, we have scoff laws here it's at like Portico. Uh, yes, well, one, we, one of our booth workers got sent, because someone who's not as familiar with the Javits and who made the mistake of asking for directions, got shunted all the way down to, you know, that, like, little human holding pen down where, like, the cars or the yeah. trucks pull in when it's not New York Comic Con. Right. Yeah. They, like, shunted her all the way down there because they felt like, oh, well, there are just so many people at the regular entrances. We'll start telling people to go a whole block down and a whole block back over and then into this, like, extra security portal down outside. Yeah. yeah. It I was mean, not well, cool. Let's say first, record attendance. I mean, um... And I, I'm just curious if there's a breaking point here. I mean, 250,000 tickets. You know, there was – it was – Saturday, I have photos. Saturday morning was by far the lightest Saturday I've ever seen at New yeah. York Comic Con. So, you know, and, uh, you know, San Diego has revealed that they actually sell fewer tickets for Saturday. So, you know, the myth of the crowded Saturday mm. is just that. I mean, I don't know if New York sold fewer for Saturday or yeah, what, but there was not – I could see the carpet. 
in the floor. Okay, the well, I, well, I didn't get there I, early, so I didn't see. I mean, every day I, I was there, well, I, I thought it was uh, uh, amazing. I will tell you that by – I did not get in super early because I made arrangement with Drusilla that she would start the booth and I would get in within like an hour. So I wasn't there when the, when the flags went down and people rushed in like madmen. But I will tell you that by 1130 on Saturday, it was a zoo. Now there were a few places where I saw a carpet, but it was rare. Right. Yeah. I, 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 every day I was there was a zoo. Well, I got the <laughs> listen. I will tell you this. I got there at ten o'clock every day. Yeah. And um, you know, when it took me an open. hour to get there at one point on yeah. Friday, and I missed my meeting, my ten o'clock meeting, because it took so long to get yeah. there. And um, you know, I will say that of the three mornings that I was there. Uh, Saturday was by far the lightest. Yeah, and um, it was. And I heard other people say that there was. I, I talked to other people in the press yeah. room, and we were all saying that. So I don't know. I, yeah, you but know. you were there earlier than me. Right, so right, you right, saw, right. As I said, and, by the and time, I tend yes. to get. I tend to get there late morning and early afternoon. Well, I think it, it really was people who didn't know the subway wasn't running. And, <laughs> yeah. Oh, and yeah. And were uh, you know because it wasn't just fracked. the seven. It wasn't just the seven. Let me tell you, I was coming from Brooklyn, and they shut down the queue. Yeah. They cut shut down the queue out of Brooklyn. You could get on the queue, but it wouldn't get you to Manhattan. Yeah. And I'm pretty sure they did the same thing in Queens. And Path wasn't running. And so, you and know. Now they had a shuttle from 42nd and 7th. But can you imagine trying to get through midtown traffic on, on, a, a, on a weekend? Well, they and they were using the these the big. Um, Bendy buses. Yeah, with the, with the bend in the middle of them. Yeah. Yeah, but the. But, and, and, but you, know, you can fill up a Bendy bus in the middle of. of Brooklyn in the middle of nowhere like to well, you try can, you can fill up a bendy bus in, in well, Times Square within going. two seconds it's so big and so slow and the traffic so awful it's it was just, it took you half not, an hour to well, go from you know, 7th Avenue to uh, I gotta say these were New York problems so, okay yeah. I mean just as long as the show was held in the greatest city on earth yeah uh, as I said uh, we're gonna have these problems and but, even when they have you know when Hudson Yards and that all is open when um the uh, the new expansion is open. When all those buildings, you know, wh- the reason why I was so late was because there was a deli- well, there was a breakdown in the bus lane. That was the first thing that happened on Thirty Fourth Street, and then there was a delivery to one of the construction sites, and that shut down Thirty Fourth Street for about twenty minutes. Yeah, it so went that's a, a good block. reason to use your feet. Yes, it is, and you know, I'm stupid. I'm just like uh, anyway, it was my own fault. I should have gotten yeah. out and walked. But you keep, you know, it's that. What is the there? There's inertia. A, no, it's not inertia. There's another way where it's like I've invested so much that I can't sunk cost fallacy. Sunk cost fallacy. <laughs> Thank you, Kate. Thank you. Yeah. Well, uh, I, you know, I will say this. Uh, all of this said, um, I do think it's a pretty amazing job to keep the crowds Absolutely. moving. Because I would have to say, I thought, like I said, I thought it was a zoo pretty much every day, but you could move. I mean, you couldn't move easily, but you could move, <laughs> and things were circulating. Yeah, there was that, and that was good. I, I, I saw uh, some of the senior Reed Pop staff actually manning mm-hmm. the corner at 11th and 34th. So I, I, clearly they knew that this was the pressure point. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, they had their top people out there. And too. also they had the aisles wide enough this year. Yes, they mm-hmm. did. The aisles yes. were a little wider and it was good. But I will say, the, I'm still going to stick to the complaint I slipped in earlier, but which has fallen by the wayside. The vendors. There were ah. so many vendors missing who were at anime fast well they're at, oh yeah. wow well, that's now, another issue now we come to the yeah and so they were drained off for anime fest i'm sure they didn't get the kind of custom that they would have gotten at nycc and i know i and i know some other people were like oh there's just it's just not as good 
Like, the vendor floor is not as good. You mean for specifically for anime and manga stuff? No, 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 no. Because a lot of people... Did, how no, you're talking this? about Artist Alley? No, listen to me. I'm, I'm talking about a lot of that stuff that falls into that unclear area of to what realm of pop culture it belongs to. So a lot of the cosplay... Genre so, neutral. Genre neutral <laughs> stuff. A lot of the cosplay <laughs> stuff. A lot of the, like... Very interesting, like artistic stuff that that is not actually comic art, but is is like art based on geeky things, like uh, you know, like the people who make strange things out of leather, or the people who make unusual clothing items, or the people who make perfumes. Oh, is there some special place where these vendors are? They they. I thought everything was in art. Either either you were an exhibitor on the floor, or you're in Artist Alley. No, no what I'm saying is that they were at. The anime well, fest I, instead of it, you know. Oh, oh, well, yeah. Well, were they? Are do you know that for a fact? Because I got to tell you, I went there and it wasn't that great. It, well, it wasn't great enough on I its mean, own, but it it's like if you divide, if you slurp off those people to one floor, they're not enough for an entire vendor right, floor. Right, but they right. are enough to t to take out some of the diversity of the mix of the vendors. It's like if you there. took. Look, it's like when you get a, uh, you know, a uh, chocolate mint frappuccino and they put the chocolate sprinkles on it, okay? Well, if you took those chocolate sprinkles off and put them in a little bowl, it's not as good as the frappuccino. Right. And the frappuccino is not as good as it would be with the sprinkles. Absolutely. That is exactly what it is. I'll just pretend that I understood that. I understand what uh, I understand. Well, I'll say one thing you know, on your point is that certainly uh, it didn't help anybody to, to stick them in Anime Fest because uh, if that's what happened. Because they yeah, seem to not do very well. Although the vendors that I talked to actually said they did okay up there. Yeah, but Calvin, you uh, know. Particularly on Friday and Saturday. Friday? There was nobody there on Friday. Um, some people said otherwise. You some know, people Calvin, said otherwise. When, and Saturday, go on. Uh, when a press person comes up and asks a vendor how they did. Well, uh, if the the people were it's not just the, a press person asking me. I mean, a number of people, including people in Deb's um, Deb Aoki's report, but be that it is, as it may, I mean, almost everyone I talked to did say that the traffic was better on uh, uh, on Friday. And, and believe me, the vendors up there, they weren't just saying everything was great you know, because it wasn't. <laughs> if well, a vendor says everything's not great, that means things are quite wrong indeed. Yeah. yeah. If somebody so said, well, this that. is my scale. If you say, how are things going? Oh, they're good. That means they're very bad. If yeah. they say, yeah, you know what? They're pretty good. That means they're, ah, all right. Yeah. That other say, yeah. you know what? They're great. That means it's good. If they say, man, it was fantastic. That means they're excellent. You yeah, know? I agree. And if they say, and if they say you know what? Our sales were up 10%. That means maybe they're, their sales were up yeah. 10%. But if they say, I sold out almost everything I had, that usually means they sold out everything they had. So who went to Anime Fest? Um, you know what? Hardcore fans. No, no, no. I mean, of the three of us. Oh, the three of us, I went. Okay. Yeah, I, I wanted to yeah. go very much, I but then I well. found up it was out how far away it was, and I was like, that's just not Yeah, I took happen. a lift there and back, and so, you yeah. know, but... Uh, <laughs> you know what it did. Yeah, I budgeted, I, I budgeted a whole four hours, and I was like, okay, I got these four hours. I'm going to go to... A and then I was like, oh, it's at 50-something or other street. Uh, mm, no, because no, by you the time... Could have made it there and back by yeah sure. yeah, but yeah. I wouldn't have had any time to explore. No, you. I mean, even no. if you took well, a car, believe me, there wasn't a whole been, lot to explore. Yeah, you would have been <laughs> in and out. I mean, it basically was an artist alley and programming. I mean, that was it. And it the was artist alley, crappy, Kate. It, it, you know, look. First of all, the venue is not so great. Um, the venue yeah, I've is been terrible. There. So wait, Calvin, when did you go? I went there Sunday morning. Okay, I went there Sunday morning. It was sparsely, very sparsely attended. Um, 
uh, as I was leaving, uh, attendance seemed to pick up. There were more people in the aisles. Um, I basically hung around there about an hour. I then actually, I got on a city bike and biked down, biked down the, um, the Hudson side to the Javits, which was the quickest way. I got, in fact, it took me like 10 minutes. That's the best way to get there. Yeah, man, if you could ride a bike. If you can ride a bike. So that was actually great because I had to get down there because I had an interview scheduled. So that, because I had to get there to do the, um, at Europe Comics interview at two o'clock. So, I mean, it was, it was fine if you were looking to buy merch. Uh, apparently they had a decent, uh, level of programming, uh, earlier. I, uh, you know, I didn't, when I was up there, there was an almost empty auditorium with a voice actor talking, although the people that were there were very interested. Well, there were a couple of, uh, you know, there's a big article about it on Anime News Net- yeah. Network where that they talk about it. You know, there's Deb's article, which I have yeah. not read yet. Um, you know, uh, certainly, you know, I, I did my own podcast, my, my spinoff podcast for uh, Three Women in a Hotel Room with uh, Deb Aoki, Bridget Alverson, and Erica Friedman. Erica was covering the show for Oh, me. yeah, and I read Erica's And Erica account, certainly has quite a bit yeah. to say. She is a, she does not mince her words. So we talked quite a bit about Anime Fest, and... Um, what did she say about it? Well, she just was, you know, she thought it was very lame. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I mean... Yeah. And, and, but there was also some people, I mean, the, 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 some people pointed out that they had a couple of pa- big panels that were at Anime Fest and New York Comic Con, and they couldn't get into them at yeah. New York Comic Con, and Anime Fest, it was a lot easier. And it was also pointed out, now, you, you know, so here's where the real controversy is, okay? So... uh you know, Erica went there Thursday, mm. and there was, you know, she took all these embarrassing Dash Con level photos of it, all right? Same thing Friday. People were calling it Sad Con on Friday, okay? <laughs> it was no, nothing positive. You know, it was definitely a big disappointment. So then Saturday, Erica and I went over, or actually Bridget and I went over, and uh, there's people, there's people, yeah. you know, there's it's not uh, deserted, and... Uh, then they're like, oh, it's at capacity. You can't get in. And we're like, yeah, <laughs> come on. to be kidding. And then they made us stand outside, for, you know, not more than 10 minutes. It was five or 10 minutes. Uh, but, you know, Kate, you're talking about your time frame. I was like, you know, I'm like, oh, I just budgeted an hour to go there. So I got to get back, you know. But um, and then finally they're like, all right, you can let them in now. And, uh, you know, it was I mean, look, if capacity is New York Comic Con level, then thank God, you know, I mean, it was, there were people there. Yeah. I mean, it wasn't like a, a dash con ghost town. Uh, there was huge empty, I have photos. Yes. I mean, there was empty seats. There was empty everything there. So, uh, and then they put so in out. in what way is that capacity? Well, they put out a press, a tweet that said, we're sold out for Saturday. Uh, and like, you know, they said they sold out of all 18,000 tickets. I mean, well, I don't, that's what they, well, I they, don't know what's yeah. going on. Well, the 18,000 uh, number is for the entire four days. So that would be like 4,500 people a day. Well, yeah, that's, that's the same. I mean, that's was, that's what Ku, uh, Ku Yu Liang, who was, you know, the, the former, um, Diamond, now Repop executive. That they were expecting on a on a daily basis. Mike Armstrong said they sold eighteen thousand tickets. Yeah, uh, for the whole day. Well, I drink some tea on this, yeah. man. I mean, and this was obviously they were supposedly projecting for twenty thousand. So uh, ha, ha. You, you know, know you know, whatever. You know, I want to say, uh, you, you know, I have a lot of admiration for everybody, Mike and Koo and yeah. Reed Pop in general. Uh, definitely um, friends of this podcast, and I have talked to them, worked with yeah. them uh, many times. 
Uh, but no one is above trying to save Faith. That's right. And, uh, you know, I'm just, uh, you know, a little asterisk by this in my book. And yeah. Uh, yeah. I've never known Reed to be, I've known Reed always to be very forthright and transparent about their numbers. So yeah. I find that, this a little uh, that's, odd. That's, yeah, I agree. I mean, they, you know, they certainly speak up when you ask them and they give you a number. They do. They yeah. do. And um, I appreciate that. So now, I'm just, like I said, a question mark. Everything that comes out of Reed about this show, I mean, it was... It was somewhat controversial from the very beginning. They announced it late. Uh, there's already an anime fest that will there by yeah. another competitor. Anime NYC. Well, let's, you guys, let's talk about the elephant in the room, okay? Like, basically, Reed Pop once did its own anime show. Yeah, remember? And, and it was crap. And it was crap. And then they folded it into New York Comic Con. Yes. Where it was even more where crap. Where it was even more crap. And then they said it wasn't a success and they stopped doing it. Yeah. And then... Um, uh, anime NYC. Peter Tartara, who used to work for Reed Pop, and Greg Tapalian, yes. who founded New York Comic Con, went off and founded their own yeah. uh, convention company called Left Field Media, and then they launched Anime NYC. Which is a good con. In the Javits Center. Which is a good con. debuted last year. And then suddenly, in July, Reed Pop was like, oh, you know what? We're getting back into anime. And we're doing it a month before yeah. Anime NYC. And this <laughs> is the basic controversy. Oh. And let me just say something. I was looking at Chopsticks Magazine, the, uh, you know, all things Asian in America freebie newspaper that comes out once a month. There was an ad for Anime NYC and an ad for Anime Fest at New York Comic Con, and they looked almost identical. Same style of art. Same <laughs> font. Same color. Same everything. They looked almost identical, even the logos. And I don't think that was an accident. Woo! Oh, that's right. There you go. Kate caught you. Yeah, she did. Um, and, uh, all's fair in love and well, pop culture. Well, you know, Calvin, I think you and I compared this to, I might have, uh, you and I might have spoken about this, but I don't think I brought it up. But uh, this reminds me a little bit of the game of chicken that BEA and uh, Publishers Weekly had with the rights fair. <laughs> well, I'm not going to go down that road. Right. Because yes, <laughs> that's resolved. Yes, that is resolved. <laughs> so um, we'll Calvin leave that alone. For Publishers but Weekly uh, I, look, Read Pop wants in. They see that something uh, – they're getting data that fans want anime and manga culture. They yeah. want it clear. Uh, they didn't do it too well the first time around. We all went to those early shows. Uh, people weren't happy with them. They, But they want – it's, I, I am a little confused about what the uh, the uh, uh, the anime and manga community want because they they say they don't want a show ghettoized, um, but there's no room in Javits to do well, it at the same time. There just here, isn't. Here's what I think people would like that they could actually get is they would like if there were a significant, not overwhelming, but proportional amount of like manga related panels at New York Comic Con that were just blended in with the other panels so that they could go to them and they were good and they would not consider that to be a substitute for an anime con yeah. but they would like it I think that's what people would like but having its own little ghetto show at the exact same time is not what anyone wanted yeah um, I mean, that's the big problem because it's really such an awkward situation to have another show going on that's a separate ticket well, that's supposedly you know, aligned with the main show. I am going to – I'm going to raise my hand here. And I think the main issue with the Anime Fest was that you had a separate ticket. And some, yeah. And some of the – you know, Anime News Network, um, you know, just to, to kind of uh, circle back to that shade I was throwing a minute ago uh, – Anime News Network's theory was that people had bought the cheaper tickets – 
to Anime Fest because they were only $20 as opposed to $50 or $60 for New York because those got you into the Hulu Theater in Madison Square Garden. So you could go to those Voltron panels and everything. Mm. And and so and that makes actually a lot of sense. So, sure. you know, there could be truth to this sellout, all right? So, I, I, but it certainly be, wasn't selling up the show. It wasn't selling up the show. But, you know, I'll tell you, Madison Square Garden is not that close to the Javits, you know? It's like a 10, 15, 20-minute walk yeah. depending on how 20. fast... 20, yeah, yeah, it's a 20 minute walk. Yeah. Okay. I would say the, you know, the other thing is the crow flies was only 14 blocks. I mean, that's not like an hour. That's like a 20 minute walk or two. And it's like, I think if the content of the anime fest had been better, I think you'd have a similar thing to where well, people but are willing to no, go to No, but then venue. people would have had to pay for an extra ticket. Right. Well, I think the extra ticket thing is bogus. I think make the yeah. people buy one ticket, but then you're going to need to have some really good content at this other show. Oh, yeah. And I, I just have problems with the venue, too. I mean, uh, it, it looks like they've put some new bathrooms in it. But, I mean, that place was a horror show during special, uh, uh, what was it, special edition? Yeah, the place is like our The rave. bathrooms were awful. Yeah. I and, mean. And speaking of horror of course, and bathrooms. Oh, yes. Of course, wait a the minute. Well, no, no, all are bathrooms are horror. But, you know, Kate, you said there was actually a haunted bathroom? Yes. So, one thing that, one, that New York Comic Con needs to do is they need to put all the bathrooms on the map. They don't put the bathrooms at the back of the floor on the map. That's right. So most that's, people don't God. know they're there. Yeah, well, keep it that way. But, Come on, that's just for us. <laughs> that's for the insiders. For our time. Yeah. <laughs> but, Looney's time. I but, actually didn't know that. I didn't yeah. know that. But also... Um, the women would know it. <laughs> yeah. Oh, you gotta. Um, they made one of the women's bathrooms an all-gender bathroom, and then they turned it into an installation for the Haunting of Hill House. Mm. So... Oddly enough, it so had the scared short- the crap out of you. But it had the shortest line of any of the bathrooms that women could use. So you would stand in line, and the little <laughs> attendant would tell you, "Okay, you can go into the attraction now." And you'd go in, and you'd go in there because you wanted to use the bathroom. And <laughs> you like activate. there would, and the lights would like <laughs> flicker on and off, and then you'd hear ah. And then if you went out to wash your hands, like one of the mirrors had been turned into a monitor, and then you'd see like this ghost being like where in the window at Where you. was this bathroom? Yeah. The, she was, told me about the first it's day. It's on the back of the floor. It. It's, wow. It was right by where our booth was. It was Damn. Well, right the bathrooms at Anime Fest were like all gender, and you know, yeah. you could just so, waltz in. But there were some other just plain old ordinary all gender bathrooms down by the food court and on the lower level. So... All gender bathrooms are actually, and they're not only a boon to people who are gender nonconforming and transgender yeah. and yeah. and um, non-binary. Just going the first open door. <laughs> but it's also a benefit to women because, as you know, Calvin, you too, though being a guy, you've seen the lines for the women's restroom. The lines for the women's restroom is always longer. They're insane. So a bathroom that is open to people of all genders, including women, is a boon to women as well. Yeah. Did you? Yeah. Did because any of you guys? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Did you go to the any of the intergender bathrooms? I did. Yeah. yeah. And you know, I did the as line well. Was well, you know yeah, what? I want to praise shorter, women who turn the men's room into. I'm. I always found when were women who would turn the men's room yeah. into an, an all gender, where they would just march to the line. Get in the shorter. The, the men's rooms had lines too, but they were nothing like. Yeah, the I women. heard some men occasionally would be like the lines too long. And the, and the women would march in, and you know what? She, they would wait for a stall, mm-hmm. and they would get it and get it, and 
<laughs> you know, we've talked quite a bit about the bathrooms and the yeah, lines, and that. so we've on. been talking for more than half an hour. Enough so, let's, so now so, on to the programming. Yeah, so let's move on to some other aspects <laughs> big of news, New York Comic Con. Yeah, let's talk about something else. Yeah. Um, uh, okay, the, some of the big publishing news. Obviously, Raina Telgemeier, I mean, it continues to wow us with her popularity uh, and her impact on the business. She announced two books. Uh, a new graphic memoir uh, to go with her series, along with Sisters and Smile, Guts, a million copy first printing. Uh, and um, Share Your Smile, which looks like a sort of uh, a DIY comic storytelling book, a uh, half a million copy first yeah, well, printing. You know, Guts does uh, segue directly from our bathroom talk, so it <laughs> so is it's about a perfect, her digestion. It's a perfect segue. So yeah. Raina Telgemeier doing what Raina does, which is like delight her fans and sell a lot of books. Yeah, that was definitely the biggest news out of there. But, um, you know, there were some new lines. DC Comics had Wonder Comics from uh, Brian Bendis's long-rumored yeah. How many imprints does he have now? Well, at, no, at he only Com- has the one. Well, he's Jinx World. But that's, uh, that's Isn't his- that an imprint as well? Is it? Yes. Uh, it was his private it was his... imprint for just, it was basically a, but... a supposed imprint. Basically, just pasted the name on anything that he wrote. It didn't really have, <laughs> it really didn't have any like. Yeah, but there's there's a new series coming out of it. Um, they made an out, they talked about this in San Diego. I mean, as far as I can see, it's an imprint. That's it. It's, you know, it's Brian Michael Bendis. He can do whatever he want. I mean, uh, it's it's fine, but it's not the same as running an imprint that has multiple different writers in it as opposed to just yourself uh yeah well right. I whereas there are wonder other comics will have that's, multiple that's people seven. yeah in, in any event um yes wonder comics yeah and this also, is all about the young do, heroes do, of the, yeah, so the young justice do you i i actually didn't get a the pre- i mean i, I, I read about it but the one thing i was unclear on despite whatever i read was whether it is in continuity with regular dc comics or not I because if it's not, then that makes perfect sense. It's great. If it is, that's going to be very like uh, hard to pull off tone-wise because he's going for like a younger tone with some heroes who are in some other books that are not so young. So I'm, I'm hoping... I would be shocked if, he, if, if it was in continuity, yeah. personally well, speaking. Well, that would be a good thing if it wasn't. Yeah. I think, be easier sh- to I think keep they the want fresh. I yeah. really think they want fresh. Um, but that's just I'm just well, but I'm hoping I'm you're right speculating. I, I didn't go theory. to the panel um, um, but like the reading the the reports and the press yeah. releases and everything I couldn't figure out if it was in continuity or not um, I'd be shocked if it wasn't but you know yeah well well but yeah. on the other hand think about all those kids comics from DC that weren't yeah literally almost any kids comic from yeah. DC was out of continuity yeah, that's so true. it could be that again um, and uh, hello, I'm reading the uh, press release on CBR. Okay. It's revealed the teams for the first wave of Wonder Comics, the new teen-focused in-continuity imprint. Yeah, okay. Oh, okay. Right. I, I missed that part. Got it. As I was usual, looking. I, I was looking all up. kinds of places. There I, you go. I was looking a lot of places and I hadn't found that. Thank you, right. for answering my question. Okay. Oh, well, there was all. But you know what? I'm, and this is. I'm curious. I want to hear from you guys about this. Um, humanoids, uh, LA based, French owned, um, uh, uh, graphic novel publisher, historic, uh, founded by Mobius and, uh, what, Philip Dre. Uh, they have launched their first, uh, effort in superheroes well, and at monthly periodical comics. Well, they did say it was superhero esque. So yeah, I was at the press thing. It's superheroes. It's superheroes without, uh, or as, uh, Who's I think Kwanzaa said Kwanzaa, who's one of the main writers on of this thing, he did call it superhero ish. 
Uh, but what I heard sounded like a superhero uh, universe without the costumes. Um, now, there's nothing wrong with that. Um, uh, I think Humanoids has been beefing up its list uh, quite a bit over the last year and a half. Mm-hmm, they have. Uh, they've they've added been. new imprints for uh, for what I think most of us agree would be in a, a, a smart move. Uh, graphic novels aimed at young readers uh, and at YA literary um, memoir as well. Uh, and I think I'm leaving out. It was another imprint too uh, that I think I'm leaving out, but I can't recall. In any event, Bravo, I think it's a good idea. They're looking at what's growing in the American market. And I think uh, part of what went on in this press conference was the theme of uh, they're bringing together the best of European comics with the best of American comics. I think having another superhero universe is a stupid idea and it never works well for anybody. (laughs) Everybody I've ever seen being like, I'm going to launch my own superhero universe who is not Marvel or DC loses a lot of money. They lose a lot of money. They may have a couple books that are good but they and that sell but the rest of it loses money. And so I would say stop trying to have superhero universes. Maybe put out a superhero comic or two if you've got a really good idea but don't force a universe you're not going to pull it off. You're going to lose a lot well, of money. Well, they brought out a lot of people that we love, like they Lanza, sure Ocef did. Jo, oh, I'm sure, and I'm Carlos sure they'll be good books. No, and a big shout out to Charlene Eaton, who's oh, yes, yes, our former our intern, intern, who and, is blowing up yeah. in her own way. I mean, she's got a Batman story coming yes, out too, as I understand first, it. Uh, black woman, yes. uh, writer ever on Batman. Uh, but so. she's got a she's got a series called Omni mm-hmm. about. Um, uh, I'm going to kid her. So it sounds autobiographical. Ha. A black female doctor who was, thinks at the speed of light. Mm-hmm. So, but yeah. um, I, I'm just uh, uh, part of my understanding of this, and well, part of my speculation about this is that humanoids is very much one of the reasons humanoids is based in L.A. now is to make movies. And I think they see the road to movies evermore is through the superhero well, universe. Yes. Now true. I'm speculating. This is my opinion. But uh, Calvin, that's like <laughs> speculating that if somebody's, you know, carrying an umbrella, it means might it might rain. Yeah, I mean, you know, like, yeah, absolutely. And I, I, I could not, you know, I was going through the panelists for New York Comic Con, and I just, I was like, oh, yeah, there's a Deadly Class TV show coming. Oh, yeah, oh, you yeah. know what? I forgot about this. There's so much content, streaming content that is based on comics and um, I mean, there is truly more to come. I mean, there was just an amazing deal announced. I say amazing just if you're like a Hollywood watcher where uh, Donny Cates' God Country, which is a very well-respected uh, book, uh, was optioned, uh, but Aftershock is also producing it. Like oh, the, really? they, the other, it's published by Image, but Aftershock, which is a uh, separate imprint, you know, Cates works for them as well. But I mean, they got all these companies all mixed up in this deal. And, you know, Aftershock was absolutely created to do movies yeah. and TV yeah. based on the comics. And, you know, so they haven't had anything. So, you know what? They're getting that first taste uh, through this, yeah. Yeah. this well, other way. I mean, yeah. I, I, think, I think there's plenty of room for movies based on comics, even non-Big 2 comics. Don't get me wrong. But given how heavily Marvel and DC are monetizing comics, comic book superhero characters people already care about and how many of them there are out there saturating the market I do think that if if I were running an imprint trying to come up with comics that would be popular and make good movies or television shows I would not make superhero ones well I I agree very quickly my interview with Milton Greep uh, the first thing I asked him about what's going on in the world he says well the only category that's not growing 
it's is superhero. superhero. Yeah. 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 I, it is it is at growth capacity. I mean it, it's doing fine, I think, but it's not gonna get any bigger. I think it's it's saturated. Well, you know, this is a segue uh, we could talk about. And I this. say someone who loves superheroes. Yeah, we said this maybe at the end. Uh this afternoon I did the yeah, at another con. It was called Diversity Con. Oh yeah. And it was at, at FITE, the Fashion Institute of Technology. I had two panels. One was how to break in uh, which was really, that's always a great panel, but I had some really great people on it. And then the final one is The Future of Comics, which is a bit of a strange mix of people, but we got into a very heated discussion. with. And, the, and what was this mix? Who was on it? Well, Jim Salakrup from Paper Cuts. Uh, okay, uh, interesting. This yeah. girl, Sasha Matthews, uh, who is a 14-year-old cartoonist who's been making comics since she was 10, and she's <laughs> already been in the nation, and uh, Lala has already, uh, you know, she, yeah, oh. she's a pistol. And then... Um, Heather Antos, formerly of Marvel, and oh. myself, certainly I have uh-huh. a few opinions. But we got into some pretty heated discussion with the audience about this very topic, you mm-hmm. know, like where is the superheroes and where is the periodical? And, you know, people get very threatened. Some people, some uh, older males, uh, and uh, get very threatened when you say the periodical is, is not thriving. And, you, you know, we went all around and around. This is a whole subject for a, a podcast. We should just do a special edition mm-hmm. about this. But, you know, there are mediums that come and go. The radio drama was huge in its day. It was eclipsed by television mm. and movies, and then it came back yeah. as yeah. podcasts yes. because people like to hear oral storytelling, yeah. or oral, A-U-R-A-L. Yeah. They like to listen to stories. This yeah. is a thing that humans like to do. Yeah. And um, it's even easier to do it now with the new technology. Absolutely. And you know, vinyl was huge because yeah. that's how you did it. Then it went away, and then it came back. Why? I think it's because they're just cool, and the sound quality is very it's, good. Yeah. So there's a technical aspect. Okay, so I don't think the comics periodical will ever die completely. No, but it's I don't going to, It's becoming... It already is a niche item, you guys. Well, I mean, I think yep. some yep. people... Yep. It's true. Well, I think also there are two different schools of thought. One is if something's not growing, it's dying. And another is stasis. Right. And I think... Give or take some blips. The comics periodical is not going to vanish tomorrow. It's it's fairly stable. But is it booming? No, it's not booming. But is it dying? No, it's not dying. It's just kind of hanging out. And so someone who sees their comic book store still has people coming in, still has the same Wednesday crowd, still selling books just like ever, is like, I don't know what you mean, it's dying. But not dying is not the same as like, new horizons of enormous sales beyond the far horizon <laughs> yes exactly uh yeah and, and and i say this is someone who loves superheroes i am fine with the rest of the market growing bigger than that as it, it's not going anywhere it'll still be here but you know kate we've watched you grow i from, still love them from a young lass that first young lass who first walked into our offices 10 years ago or so mm-hmm. right and, uh, Much you like Sherilyn Eaton. Yes, just like Sherilyn Eaton and Laura Hudson. <laughs> yes, and, and Laura Price, Hudson, all too. All of our yeah. other great interns yeah. who have gone and on. And Ada Price. Yes. Uh, and you, um, you know, but I will say your attitude towards them is different than when you first came here. I love, I love superhero comics just as much as the day I came in. Right. And I read them just as much. But I think, but one thing is that I know you guys better. Right. So I can now indulge in that most <laughs> comic book fanny of activities, which is griping about those other superhero ah, comics that you don't go. like. Right, right, it's, right. Uh, you know, because I now 
well, one, we have a podcast. We have to talk about <laughs> comics every week. And two, you know, or if you don't know your boss very well and you they're like, ah, superhero comics, I've grown beyond them. You want to be like, yeah, but they're still good. But once you already know that my opinion is they're still good, I can say things like Nazi Captain America is a crappy idea right. and it should should go to the garbage pile. Well, this is definitely a, a topic to be broached. Um, but, you know, speaking of Nazi Captain America, I will oh, say geez. that the one, you know, Marvel had a very quiet show. It's like they basically yeah. didn't do anything wrong. So nobody talked about them. Uh, whereas, um, well, this wasn't publicly talked about, but I, I have to raise once again the subject of Batman's junk. Because let me tell you, every time I went out after the con, it's all anyone could talk about. And not because they're so excited about it. But basically, this, you know, we've talked about Batman damned, you know, full frontal for Batman. Uh, Then they censored it digitally. And then the book was not going to be, you know, reprinted with him, you know, wearing a nudity cloth, you know, modesty cloth. (laughs) No, it's not going to be reprinted at all. This massive confusion. And apparently... This has created uh, a huge ruckus within DC uh, and Warner Brothers. Mm -hmm. So I was told by many people, I don't know if the same person was the source of this, but this is all anyone could talk about, is that it was the first week on the job for Pam Lifford, the new head of Warner Brothers, branding (laughs) and licensing. (laughs) And she uh, was ticked. She came the same week that Batman's dick hit. And so she, uh, you know, I'm not talking about Dick Grayson no, either here. <laughs> and so she, I'm told that Dan DiDio or Jim Lee, the uh, publishers of DC, were called into her office and that, you know, in the colorful version, she holds up the Batman dam and says, what is this? And throws it on the table. Now, I'm told that might be. Perry White style. Yes. And says, I can't sell, you know, <laughs> Batman, Batman lunch boxes based on this. I yes. mean, come on. Who's, I mean. Oh, who's reading the the comics? I mean, well, okay. Here's the thing. Who thought that well, was a good well, idea? Well, before you guys jump in, I want to say that this this story is probably apocryphal. Although, who knows? But what is not apocryphal is that the whole black label line is of of mature adult graphic novels has been almost like questioned. It might be going on, or it might not. It, depending on who I talked to at the show, it was either scuttled completely or just limping to the finish line. But for sure, people in Vertigo books are being asked to redraw things and there is a lot of scrutiny. Now, whether the scrutiny is just probably, I'm guessing it's from staff editors who suddenly have realized they don't have carte blanche to, you know, show Batman's pee-pee. But, um, but you know, I, it's just really stupid. I mean, Vertigo, Thank you. <laughs> that, yeah. that, that's, that's the point of this. this I mean, this is a, a really dumb editorial. How do you even know? How, how, do, you, how do you even describe it? And really... Black Label, in many ways, I mean, look, it's still a, it's still a gamble, but it's a smart gamble. Absolutely. And, and it's something they need to do. I mean, no one thought when this thing was announced, and I've done way too many stories about Black Label, and talk with Dan and Jim about it. Um, it was, it's a good idea. It's a, they need to be focusing on the book trade. They need to be putting together these kinds of works Absolutely. out of continuity. Uh, do they need to be showing Batman's pee-pee? No. I mean, but... But that there seems to me there's a whole range of creative activity outside of that that would be really effective. So right. there's yeah. things outside of Batman's underpants. Now it's just ridiculous. Now maybe if I were someone on high, I might do some editor swapping to maybe if say whoever thought this was a good idea, maybe work somewhere different than Black Label. But 
that doesn't mean you get rid of the line. It just no. means you put an adult in the room to make sure that some of the stupider attempts to be edgy are headed off at the pass. I mean, everybody, every no line can claim that they're going to put out the next Watchmen. But if you don't have some sort of channel for people to be creative uh, with your with your licensed characters, I just think that there's a wide range of bringing. I mean, I, you gotta uh, give chance. Kelly Sue DeConnick doing Wonder door. Woman. Yeah, absolutely. this is a great idea. Yeah, this is awesome. Yeah. Why would you not want to do that? You know, I will say this though. It's like you know, people get it. I, you know, Frank Miller has come in for a lot of criticism here, and certainly, you know, his uh, period of uh, some Islamist uh, comics was a real low point. But you know, uh, if Frank had ever shown Batman's peepee, he would have actually cared about it. Okay, <laughs> and you know, he, he even he didn't do that, and. Um, you know, he, he might've shown some topless women because that's how you do it. But, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's like, you know, I trust Frank Miller more than I trust, you know, the current DC comics to handle Batman's pee pee properly, yeah, you well, know, or not well, at all. Anyway. Um, I, well, there's yeah. more to come on this. This yeah, is, uh, yeah. this is bar talk, yeah. but uh, I, it was persistent. I, I hope, I hope it doesn't kill black label. I, I yeah, I, I do it not. Doesn't. Cause or, I think that would be a huge mistake. Or, you um, know, let's put it this way. I hope it doesn't kill the content in Black Label. If they need to rename Black Label something else in order to get rid of the stain of Batman Damned, then fine, rename it. But keep the idea and keep the line. You know, I'm going to give a shout out to another former PW alum, because all the best people are. Uh, you know, Will Moss. He was very oh, briefly yeah. a writer for us. And, you know, he's an editor at DC. Uh, That's right. Me, Mar- he was an editor at DC, and then he went to Marvel. Yeah. You know, Will edits almost all the really good books there. Yeah. He, you know, Ta-Nehisi Coates, Black Panther. Right, right, yeah, that's uh, right. Solid in the Meds. Shout book. out to Will. Uh, you know, E-Viewing, just uh, the new book right. about, yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, Riri Williams. I mean, Will's got some really awesome stuff coming out of his office. And, you know... Um, you, it can be done. Yeah, you know, absolutely. you can hire these these writers who actually have ideas outside of comics and bring them into write comics and actually be successful at it. Uh, very quickly, I just want to talk. Uh, just want to sh- uh, let our listeners know that one of the things we do at New York Comic Con is we talk to people, we interview them for the podcast. And if you haven't had a chance, Go check back. out the archive. I mean, I had I had the chance to talk with Carolyn Nowak for the second time. I guess we've interviewed her, but you know what? That book, Guild Town, I just think. Uh, it's fantastic. It's fantastic. Um, and the more, I, and I've reread it several times, and every time I reread it, I'm even more impressed with it. We've got a great interview with her. Uh, I've got an interview with Karen Berger and Joel Rose about putting out Hungry Gross, Hungry Ghosts with uh, the late uh, Anthony Bourdain. Uh, and in fact, I was late to that interview and I had to jump out of a cab and jump on a city bike to get to the <laughs> because the traffic was so bad, I would have not made the interview if I hadn't I wish I knew it. how to ride a bike, man. It was, believe me, it was, uh, I talked with the, 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 the distinguished Spanish cartoonist, Anna Mireyes. I mangled her name on the interview, but I'm trying not to do it now. Uh, and then Heidi, of course, you had some great interviews, I talked too. to with, with uh, another one of the European comics, yeah. uh, uh, jo- uh, Joanna, and I can't possibly say yes, her, last, her name. last name. But, uh, you know, Europe Comics, I mentioned this in my other podcast, they had some really great people. Yes. They had some really fun uh, work, that very unique work. Uh, uh, we love Nazali. Uh, you know, quickly, I, I did a couple panels that were really interesting. I did the digital uh, summit panel with... Um, Tom Akel of Webtoons, mm-hmm. uh, Michael Sun of Tapas, and uh, Ben Wollstenholme of uh, Madefire, and as well as uh, 
uh, Michi and Dean Haspiel creators, and uh, that was a very lively panel. Um, you know, uh, hadn't had That's all those panel people. I should have been at. Yeah, Cal- well, miss- you- and your reader survey panel. I should have uh, yeah, been at yeah, that. Well, too. that was a, a kind of like world audience readership, mm-hmm. and uh, put together some numbers, and, and uh, I did record it. So um, yeah. you know, and, also just oh, excuse me, go on. And yes, you have. A, I yeah. did my typical end of con crazy running around uh, end of con mini interviews. I got. Um, Art Balthazar, Terry Dodson, Adriana yeah. Mello, David Great Peterson, lineup. and Greg Pack. And um, I also have tentatively lined up some interesting interviews for the rest of you audience listeners in the near future. Let's cool. see how that Very goes. Very good. And, uh, and I also talked to Joe Casey yes. and Benjamin Marrow of that their new book. And uh, Luke Pearson, yeah. uh, whose Hilda show yes. is out on Netflix. Oh, that's right. And, on another yeah, Netflix Yeah, show. which is uh, really awesome. Uh, I talked to Luke before, and uh, you know, to see him blowing up is really thrilling. And I got a chance to also talk with Milton Greep uh, and talk a little bit about, about why he wasn't doing his uh, annual B2B conference. Oh, was he? Yes. So, and uh, also talk with Gina Gagliano um, uh, about her new job at Random House Graphic, running the, the publishing director of Random House Graphic. And she's made some a, a couple of uh, acquisitions now that she was able to talk about, including on uh, Lucy Nisley. Oh. Has, uh, has some books coming out from Random House. Oh, so. really? She stole Lucy away from first second? She, at least for one book, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Actually, I think Lucy might have been at Random House before, to be honest. Was she? I don't just... recall. No, she's been at Fantagraphics. She's, she's been at oh, first second. Right. and I, yeah. um, I don't recall, but I could be wrong. Well, that's Stealth Gina. Um, and can we talk about the Harveys? Yes, we just have quickly. We have a couple minutes to talk um, about the Harveys. Yeah, so. well... Um, uh, Calvin, wait, well, let me talk about the Harveys. Yes, you talk because about Because Calvin it. was the host. I was the he MC. was the host. Believe and, it or not, folks. Uh, Calvin, you did an outstanding job. Thank you. You thank kept you. it brisk. Uh, you announced <laughs> everything that you were supposed to announce. There were a few There was one glitchy, problem. Glitchy witchies. There were several You know, there glitchies. was one problem with the manga announcements. Uh, the presenter did not announce the nominees and uh, which is really sad because there was a film crew to, to yeah to film one of the nominees and, and I, that was really sad and i actually was hoping to do it on this program but i can't find well the... we did it on our three women in a hotel room podcast where we announced all the nominees okay. and we cheered and we whooped so we but um uh, you apologies know, to all of the uh um the nominees that were not announced i didn't catch it when i was up there on the stage i was too focused on the next category because mm-hmm. i was terrified i was going to screw something up well it wasn't so, it was an audience of lo- industry luminaries it really was <coughs> it was a really great event and i think it's a really good relaunch restart for the harvey awards well, uh, back in new york so what was it like calvin to be hosting the harvey uh it was a little bit nerve-wracking um <laughs> because i was living in constant fear that i was going to screw something up however uh apparently i didn't screw things up too much there was other people who screwed up so badly yes that that, that, that my script didn't matter uh um uh people were very kind to me about my uh MCing skills uh, but really, when you stood up on the podium and looked out over the audiences, I knew so many people. Um, uh, I've, I've known uh, Nellie Kurtzman a little bit. I don't know her well, but I've met her and I've interviewed her in the past. Uh, Comixology uh, is all in on supporting uh, supporting them. And I think they did a really great job uh, giving out the um, 
uh, awards to uh, the, the Hall of Fame awards uh, to Roz Chess, who wasn't able to be there. Her editor accepted her, but the great Dave Gibbons yeah. was there. Uh, uh, Harold Sakaguchi won the yes. uh, International yeah. Mo- uh, Star yes. Award, and uh, Jackie Estrada won the Comics yes, and Pioneer the, yes, Award. Yes, and the great Jackie Estrada yeah, was there those from were the great. Eisner that Awards. Was, that was really nice. I mean, there were some nice presenters. You know, I decided that my dream panel, someday I'm going to do this. I'm going to get a panel that is going to be Dave Gibbons, Linears, and uh, Penelope Penelope Bajou. Yes. And they see she... the three most charming cartoonists in the world there. Yeah. Very quickly, can I actually say these? I, I just want yes. to say the nominees very quickly uh, who were not announced. My Brother's Husband by Gengora Tagame. Yay! Yay! Uh, My Hero Academia by Ko- Kohei uh, Horikoshi. Woo! Uh, Tokyo Ghoul by Sue Ishida. Uh, and your name by yeah! Makoto Shinkai and Ramaru Koten. And the winner uh, of the manga award was My Lesbian Experience with Lonians by uh, Nagata Kabi. So belated, uh, but uh, but certainly uh, much appreciated. Yeah, there were some other behind-the-scenes glitches with the Harveys that I will reveal uh Maybe I talked about my other podcast, but um, yeah, Ooh. there were some other little problems there. So it wasn't perfect. Uh, but you know, uh, I, I was really glad that the, 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 it was an improvement, Is and it was short. Oh, yes. And it was short. It was Is, only yes. forty-five it was minutes. Short. Uh, I think the nominations were good. I mean, uh, the, the winners, winners were, were great. Good. The winners yeah. were great. They were really strong uh, winners. And it was a so, classy, you yeah, know, low-key ceremony. Yeah. Ceremony. So, is there somewhere we can watch the Harvey Awards? Ha-ha. Were they recorded? No, I don't think they nope. were recorded. I don't think so. That might come at another time. Because, They're you know, that's the mer- that's a cutting-edge technology there, Kate. <laughs> you know, recording things. and uh, There are a know. lot of pictures. <laughs> yeah. So we'll put some photographs up. Uh, but uh, kudos to the steering committee and to Nellie Kurtzman, and we're looking forward to next year. Yeah, absolutely. Well, it looks like we're almost out of time, people, yeah. so we're going to have to table everything else till next time. But, uh, you know, I, 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 I had a good time. I, had a good time I You know, I did, too. I mean, these cons, these the mega cons are demanding and stressful, but, you know, you can always find something in them. There's so much. Yeah. Uh, so, yes, I had a good time. I enjoyed it, and I was happy to be a part of it in, in pretty much every way. Yeah. Well, I guess until next year, there will be more to come.